you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Take a deep breath. Uh, with us here and try and try and absorb everything that just happened in the NFL week. Week 15 was bonkers. DJ Bucky here with you on our takeaway podcast. Buck, I can't remember a, a Sunday quite like the one we just witnessed today. No, nah, crazy dramatic endings, controversial calls, big plays, quarterbacks making plays down the stretch. Everything that you want to see from NFL football, we were able to see this weekend. Yeah, let's let's jump right into it with the, what I think was the game of the year and potential preview of the AFC Championship game. That was New England versus Pittsburgh, which had all kind of up and ups and downs. The big play of the game, though, and we'll get into it here in a second. It just you gotta you gotta listen to this one to appreciate it. Here he goes, third down play, fakes the spike, still has it, now fires, and it's intercepted! It's intercepted to save the game by Harmon, and the Patriots are going to win it! Absolutely amazing! Bucky, I mean, just just initial thought when you're watching that drive, the end of the game here, Juju Smith-Schuster takes a shallow across 69 yards, puts him in scoring position. They think they have a touchdown which is reversed. So then they get another completion. They're right down there. The clock's running. Ben gets up to the line of scrimmage. You just heard it fakes the spike and tries to jam the ball into the middle of the field against the Patriots down the goal line. I believe we've seen that before, Buck. Uh, And the same result took place. The Steelers end up blowing a golden opportunity, and the Patriots sneak out of there with a win. Uh, Crazy, ridiculous. I don't really understand what Big Ben was trying to do. I understand the fake spike, and I fully expected him to do it. But typically, you want to throw things that are outbreaking. So yes. your quarterback can either throw it high and outside, so it's an incomplete, so you can kick the field goal to win it. But to throw something inside with all those bodies and to throw a high ball as opposed to a low ball, tips and overthrows. We knew the ball was going to be deflected. Then it's the easy interception. 
he basically undid the Steelers' chances of winning in overtime by just trying to make a hero play, and it was unnecessary. Yeah, it was just kind of a just a really kind of a boneheaded play. It's a I mean, bad play. I, I don't know if if maybe Juju Smith Schuster. Look, he's a rookie. He had a big game. That catch I just mentioned to get them down there in scoring position. Did he bust? I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. But in that situation, that is a back shoulder fade, or that is a high point fade at the pylon. There is nothing, no end cut. You're not throwing an end cut there off of a fake spike. It's too there's too much too much mud in there. There's no way. Uh, that just didn't make any sense for a veteran quarterback to make that throw. No, I didn't. And I think he signaled to Eli Rogers because what was interesting, the three guys that were to the left, they didn't move. They actually played like it was a clock play. Clock play just is when you, you take the ball and you throw it down in the dirt to kind of stop the clock. No one moves. Everyone makes sure they're on side. But then he ran his, his slant. I just think if you're going to do that, I, I'm just not a big believer in Sandlot. Um, playing around ball, particularly in those critical moments. And I think it kind of speaks to Big Ben always wonders why he's not mentioned in the same breath as the Drew Brees and Tom Brady's. I think this is another play that kind of is indicative of why. When you think about those guys and how they have kind of put together their reputation for being clutch in key moments and leading people back, I think for Ben, a lot of times we see him make plays but it's more of a gunslinger variety, not as a calculated, meticulous playmaker that can carve you up with his brain and his and, and his arm. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. By the way, you're right. It was Eli Rogers who that ball was intended to, uh, not Juju Smith-Schuster on the interception. But, man, crazy game back and forth. I tell you what, if not for the interception at the end of the game and, uh, and that crazy, crazy moment that everybody was buzzing about, I, I think the buzz of this game is, and we talked about it, uh, during last week previewing these games was, look, they did not have any man beaters against Miami. That was the problem with this football team. When you don't have Edelman, who's been out for the year, who's a man beater, and you don't have Gronk, you're left basically with Brandon Cooks. And when he got wiped out by Xavier Howard, there were no other alternatives. On the drive where they had to have it, game-winning drive, Tom Brady went to number 87 repeatedly, Buck, and they had no answer for Gronk on that drive. It's kind of crazy, too. Like, you know that he is their number one guy. He's their number they one playmaker. They blitzed off him. They blitzed I, off him. Just one, but what are you doing? It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And so, I, I, I just I, – I, I really just don't understand what the Pittsburgh Steelers were doing. Everyone had talked about them playing man-to-man, being um, a man-heavy team, and they just – I just think they're spooked, to be honest. I think they're spooked, and I think if they played the New England Patriots again, I don't think it'll be close. I think they will blow them out in Gillette Stadium. So if they were going to win, this was the game that they needed to win to maybe change the mindset. They didn't get it done, so I think it'd be a much easier time for the Patriots if they match up in a rematch. Yeah, they could well do that. Look, we could spend the whole podcast just talking about this game. So many crazy moments, big plays. Uh, just a really, really fun game to watch, but we got to keep the train moving here, Buck. What's, what do you got for number two on the list? Blake Borders may be good enough to lead the Jaguars to the Super Bowl. Yeldon, the running back, is the shotgun. He drops the throw to Blake. Blake looks, looks, fires toward the goal line. Caught by Jadon Nickens into the end zone. Touchdown! How many does this guy plan on scoring? Touchdown, Jacksonville! Hey, I am the hardest and harshest critic on Blake Bortles. But I got to admit, last three games he's played pretty well. Um, he's been over 70%, complete over 70% of his passes. He has a 7-0 to zero touchdown to interception ratio. And today against the Houston Texans defense, did they need to knock out? 
he knocked him out. 21 or 29, over 300 yards, three touchdowns. He's been accurate. He's been decisive. He's been efficient. He has been good enough to complement the run game and the defense. If this Blake Borders shows up, the Jaguars are going to be one of the final four, and they have a good chance of finding their way to the Super Bowl. And we talked about the Steelers on point number one. Point number two here, you're talking about these Jags and Blake Bortles absolutely playing great. Their defensive line thought they dominated the game with Calais Campbell picking up a couple more sacks. But to me, Buck, the, the takeaway I had from this Jags team is what we used to say about the Steelers, who we just mentioned, and, Ke- and Kevin Colbert, how he is the best at evaluating wide receivers. And Steelers just keep just turning these guys over and they'll let guys go in free agency to just keep replacing them and replacing them and just finding gems in the draft. Man, you look at this Jags receiving core, where they've been able to find these guys, drafted, undrafted, high picks, low picks. You look at Jadon Mickens getting it going today. D.D. Westbrook had a couple more grabs. And then Keelan Cole, seven for a buck, 86 and a touchdown. Uh, they have done a phenomenal job. When you're missing Allen Robinson, you're missing Hearns, and they come out there, Marquise Lee gets hurt in this game. It didn't matter. They found a way to, to plug in wide receivers and not skip a beat. They absolutely have been able to find that. And I have to give a shout-out to a couple different people. One, to Jerry Sullivan, the Jaguars' old wide receiver coach, for the work that he did with Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, and Marquise Lee. And then I also have to tip my cap to Keenan McCardell, my former teammate in Jacksonville, who is now the wide receiver coach. He has done a great job with these young receivers. All the guys that you talked about, Cole, Mickens, Westbrook, he has really worked with those guys. Those guys are playing like vets. I just believe the Jaguars have a recipe, a formula for developing wide receivers and is beginning to play huge dividends as Blake Bortles is maturing into what appears to be a very good quarterback. No question. Didn't see that one coming this year. I mean, it wasn't that long ago they were looking at options and Chad Henning was going to be the guy again. So what what a transformation for Blake Bortles this year. All right, let's keep the train rolling here. Number three on the list, uh, Nick Foles, just fine for the Eagles. Foles looks. Foles fires. And it is Yeah, Nick Foles, look, he throws for 237 yards. Okay, four touchdowns, no picks in his first rattle of the box here to replace Carson Wentz as the Eagles trying to make a push for home field advantage. They did clinch a bye in the postseason with their win over the Giants today, a close game, 34-29. Look, we could talk all we want about Foles. Buck, I thought he was he was excellent. He's not Carson Wentz, but he's good enough for them to, to make some noise here. I would like to throw in, though, Hats off to the Giants for not just throwing the ball out there and, and, and laying over and playing dead. Two-win team. They came out there and gave the Eagles everything they could handle. And I, I have to say, look, this Eagles, Buck, you've got to be a little bit concerned of the points they're giving up the last couple weeks. The ball's moving up and down the field. They've got some timely turnovers. Uh, Darby had a big pick in this one that kind of changed the game. But, man, it's, it's, it's a, he like threw for 434 yards in this game. The ball was moving up and down the field. That's a concern if you're an Eagles fan. Uh, it's a little concerning, but I think you have to understand that Jim Schwartz is now going to have to adjust to the way his offense is playing so he can make sure that he compliments them in the right manner. I think the big thing when you look at early in the season with the Philadelphia Eagles scoring the points they were able to score, he was able to play maybe a more conservative style of defense. Maybe he felt like the last game or so that without – Carson Wentz available. Maybe he needed to be a little more aggressive, made him a little more susceptible to some big play opportunities, which is why we saw the ball fly over the head more than normal. I believe as he continues to work with 
the new quarterback and get a feel for how good he can make the offense, I think you'll see Swartz put together complimentary game plans that allows that defense to get back to doing what they were doing well, stop and run, pressure the passer, keeping the ball in front. No question. All right, what's, uh, what's number four on the list? Jimmy G is special. Garoppolo Rollins extends the play, fires to the end zone. Touchdown 49ers, Garrett Selleck. Jimmy Garoppolo extended the play. When you look at the quarterback position, and we talk about franchise quarterbacks and quarterbacks in general, how they are either trucks or trailers, you're looking for someone that can elevate the play of his teammates, someone that can basically put it all on his back and carry the squad to the promised land. I think in three weeks we've already seen that Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy that is going to be a truck, and he's going to be a great truck for the 49ers for a long time. He has elevated their play. He's made clutch plays down the stretch. He continues to deliver, and he is doing it with the same cast of characters that Brian Hoyer and C.J. Beathard couldn't do. I believe the San Francisco 49ers should open up the coffers, write the check, because you can either pay now or you can pay a lot later. Well, you think you send a, a nice Christmas present to uh, Foxborough? There oh, for sure. Oh, we can make sure we get him a nice little gift card. It could come down. Look, if he plays like he has these first few weeks that he's been rolling here, I mean, you talk about a bargain. Bargain. Didn't even cost him a first-round pick. Mm-mm. And they got a young quarterback in his prime. I mean, look, who's got tons of upside even ahead of him. He's just scratching the surface of what he can do. Now, look, they haven't played the 85 Bears since he took over. They did play the actual Bears, but not the 85 Bears. Uh, so this is uh, – Let's just wait and see how this goes in the future. But, man, you talk about an encouraging start here to the Jimmy Garoppolo era. It's been uh, it's been quite impressive racking up uh, three straight wins for very, a football team that's that's not very good offensively, Buck. When we just no, look at very, the roster, it's, they don't have a whole lot. It's very impressive. This is why they got to beat him to the deal. Like, obviously, during your time in Philadelphia, you understand how Philadelphia would sign guys early to deals. The San Francisco 49ers, they need to rush the check to Jimmy Garoppolo and see if they can get him to sign a deal that's in the maybe $20 million range because the more he plays, the more teams are going to fall in love. And if he hits the streets, it's going to be a bidding war. And so I believe you should feel comfortable about what he is, what he's bringing to the table, how he's performing in your offense and your scheme. Go ahead and lock him up. And I'm not a proponent of locking up players early, but they need to lock him up. No question. Go get him some – Go go get go get him some tools in the NFL draft now. Now, now that you have the quarterback position locked down, it's time to focus on and get him some toys to play with. Yeah, that's what they got to do. Although that pick keeps getting uh, a little worse and worse with each right? win. Stop, here. stop doing so well, Jimmy G. Forty nine ers fans are saying. I thought I thought when they lined up for that field goal, I thought you're gonna have a situation where Shanahan kind of pulled a Cobra Kai and just told him to to sweep the leg. <laughs> sweep the leg. Uh, and, yeah, just. <laughs> Just miss it. Sweep the leg. Miss that thing. You know, just just hook it. And then the kicker will look at him and be like, but but Sensi, I can run. I can make the kick. <laughs> That's too uh, good. Did I did I stutter? Freaking hook that thing. Come on. Send it send it into the into the tenth row somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh so good. All right, let's uh, let's keep it rolling here. Number five on the list, the Panthers, man. I don't think anybody's gonna want to see this team in the postseason. They're dangerous. There's a low snap. Rogers back. Blitz coming. Throws on the slant right side. Caught by Allison. He's hit the ball. Came out. There's a fight for it. It looks like Carolina is on top of it. The officials coming in to take a look. It's Panthers football. Yeah, you hear there the uh, the turnovers generated by this Panthers team. Man, they get three three interceptions off Aaron Rodgers. They, uh, they pop, pump the ball out, pop the ball out as well. 
uh, with a fumble recovery. This uh, this defense is opportunistic. And look, I mean, look, all the talk about Aaron Rodgers, and here you've got Cam Newton come into this game. All he does is throw for four touchdowns, 58 yards on the ground. I mean, we call him the unicorn for a reason. I know that's, I guess, Porzingis' nickname in the uh, in the NBA, but nobody can do all the things that Cam Newton can do in the package that he brings to the table. Just it's 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 pretty scary, man. And you look at this team quietly, ten and four. They get into the postseason. I I don't think anybody's going to be too happy about drawing them in the first round of the playoffs. No, no one wants to deal with the Carolina Panthers or Cam Newton because he is so unique. He did have four touchdowns today. We saw him run the ball. We saw him make big plays. He is everything that you look for at the position. And when it gets down to uh, crunch time. He is going to make those plays. I was encouraged by what we saw, his connection with Greg Olson and CMC, Christian McCaffrey. If they continue to get it done over the middle of the field, the Carolina Panthers are going to be tough because the defense is also playing lights out. My man, Julius Peppers, 37 years old, still getting 10 sacks. That's bananas. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, Tar Heels, man, that's how they make those guys down there. Build the last. Uh, Real question for you. When you look at this Packers defense and considering the age of some of these guys, and if you're trying to put that uh, that scouting report together, that advanced scouting report that we used to have to work on, does anybody scare you on this Packers defense at all? Anybody? No, they don't. And I think here's a, here's a big problem when you have Aaron Rodgers and your quarterback is beginning to get older. Your quarterback needs more help. He needs more support. And the support that they're lacking is defensively. They don't have guys that can necessarily press the pass and create turnovers, do the things that you want to see where they can tilt um, the field, tilt it in the favor of the Packers. And they also don't have enough weapons in the running game. Um, I like some running backs, but the offense line has been productive. You have to give him the opportunity to be able to throw off play action. But if you're not able to run the ball consistently, play action is null and void. I need to see the Panthers do I need to see the Packers do more to help their young quarterback, not their young quarterback, help their quarterback continue to play at a high level. Yeah, look, they only ran the ball 19 times. They actually averaged 6.3 yards a carry, but just uh, put it up in the air 45 times, had some turnovers that came along with it. But I think this Packers team, I know they've used a lot of draft capital over the last handful of years on the defensive side of the ball. I think they got to keep going back to that well, though. I just I, That defense doesn't really do a whole lot for me. It's not a championship-caliber defense. It needs to be addressed. Uh, what do you got here, number six? Actually, before we get to number six, got a little something to a little business to take care of. Uh, if you're an entrepreneur, or a small business owner, even if you have a side gig, let me introduce you to Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Grasshopper lets you run your business from your cell phone while keeping your business and your personal lives separate. Choose from their huge inventory buck of local toll-free or vanity toll-free numbers. Simply forward your new number to your mobile phone and start taking calls immediately. Whether you're in the office, in your car, out shopping for the holidays, Grasshopper's iPhone and Android apps help you stay connected to your customers. Not to mention you can send and receive calls and texts from your business phone number, set up multiple extensions for everyone on your team, get your voicemails transcribed and emailed to you, work from anywhere with call forwarding, make and receive calls from your computer via the desktop app, and even utilize Wi-Fi calling. Better yet? Grasshopper offers an easy and instant setup and 24-7 customer support, all without any long-term contracts. That is Grasshopper. Sign up today. Go to grasshopper.com slash sticks to get $20 off your first month. One more time. That's grasshopper.com slash sticks. All right, Buck, number six on the list. What do we got? The Vikings are the best team in the NFC. 
Third and six from his own 23. Play clock to one. They get it off. Dalton looks left. Intercepted. And it's intercepted. Eric Kendrick's near side. 20-15-10. Touchdown! Eric Kendrick's with a 30-yard pick six. 13-0. Vikings! The Minnesota Vikings are well positioned to be the number one seed. In the NFC, they have a team that is built to make a deep postseason run. When I look at them, they don't have any glaring weaknesses on offense, defense, or even in their special teams. Sure, we can talk about their quarterback losing Sam Bradford, who is playing at an all-time high level. However, Case Keenum is balling. Another game where he's been efficient, 20 of 23, 236, two touchdowns. Does a great job of managing the game from the line of scrimmage. And then defensively, they're just wearing you out with their front seven. They can obliterate you when they choose to blitz. They can play base and continue to get pressure. And then in the back end, any of these corners can still lock it up and create turnovers. I mean, they're built like a heavyweight contender. So someone's going to have to knock them out to deal with them. Yeah, this is, this NFC is loaded with teams. I think there's a handful of teams that could end up coming out of the NFC when it's all said and done. But the Minnesota Vikings have been consistent throughout the season. They've been consistent on both sides of the ball. They've been balanced offensively. They're generating big plays on defense. It is a really, really good football team. On the other side, real quick, Marvin Lewis came out before the games. Uh, I think uh, Ian Rappaport as well as ESPN had a report out there saying this will be it for him in Cincinnati. Something we I think we talked about on last week's pod talking about, uh, hey, look, at this point in time, I think it's been 15 years. The message is a little stale. I think it's best for both parties. Just go get a new challenge somewhere, and, and let's get some life in this this Bengals organization. It looks stale. It looks flat. And they did not even show up. For the credit we gave the Giants to showing up and, and giving the, the Eagles a ball game, the Cincinnati Bengals did not get off the bus in Minnesota. No, they absolutely not. It was uh, an embarrassment. They didn't compete. They were down early, and they didn't muster much of a fight. They saw Marvin Lewis. This got out right before the game. I'm sure the players kind of checked out when they heard it. So we'll see if he can get them to play well the last two games of the year. All right, number seven on the list, the Rams. Quite the rebound with Todd Gurley this week. Goff under center. He turns left shoulder, gives to Gurley. Huge hole left side midfield. Gurley sprinting 40. Gurley first down. Gurley 20-10 and touchdown. Todd Gurley on third down and 20 with a house call. And before the half, this game is all but finished. Yeah, I mean, the game was finished. Uh, that was complete domination in that game. Was it 34 to nothing at halftime of this ball game? Todd Gurley went off running the ball. They started giving him a little more touches uh, defensively. They could not block Aaron Donald. He was dominant force for the Rams. It was about as bad as a mismatch. The two games today that looked that just the the trenches was so lopsided. When you look at what the Jags did to the Texans, but then when you look at this Rams defensive front, what they did to the Seattle Seahawks, it was a bad matchup, Buck. I think there's a, a probably a greater story. I know you want to touch a little bit on that takeaway on the other side of the ball uh, with this Seattle team, but man, this was this was not close. No, it wasn't close. It was an old-fashioned beatdown. Uh, the LA Rams had this coming. They they've been waiting for this moment uh, for a while, and so. When you look at the way that they're built, offensively, they have playmakers. They're doing a great job of getting the hands, the ball in the hands of the guys who can put it in the paint. They're doing that. Defensively is where I've seen them make the strides. After struggling a little bit early in the season, they're beginning to kind of come on like game busters. You saw the front four continue to harass and keep pressure on. 
I like the way the Rams are trending. They're going to be a tough out. 149 yards for the Seahawks in this game. Yikes. Crazy. That's a bigger bigger discussion to have on another day about where this team goes in the future. Look, they're 8-6. and six. Still got a, a good opportunity here to finish up strong, get into the postseason, and they could be a dangerous team with Russell Wilson. But, man, they uh, they can't enjoy watching this tape. That was a beat down there by the Rams. What's, uh, what do you have number eight on the list? Will the Buffalo Bills play the what-if game at the end of the season? Jay Cutler ready to go. The snap. Bills rush four. Stunts up front. Cutler gets rid of it. Fires downfield. Picked off. Intercepted at the 45-yard line. Picked off by Tredavious White. This time he slides down, and this one will end it. You know, the Buffalo Bills are back to playing good football, and part of the reason they've been able to play good football, obviously we hear about their defense and their special teams dominating, but offensively they've been getting enough from their opponents early to kind of muster some drives and then play downhill, meaning their defense has the opportunity to play with the lead. Here's where I think the Buffalo Bills fans could be upset at the end of the deal. They had an opportunity to really put themselves in a nice position when they came out west and they took on the L.A. Chargers. For whatever reason that week, Sean McDermott wanted to see Nathan Peterman play. It was an epic meltdown, disaster. Chargers roll. They get the win. Fast-forwarding now, don't you think that they would love to have that mulligan today could go and be like, you know, Tyrod, you're going to start against these guys, and let's see how we fare. <laughs> because ultimately, the way that I'm looking at it, they may find they may finish 9-7 and seven and still finish out of the tournament. If they hit 10, 9 times out of 10, they go. We'll see. Yeah, look, that is, uh, you've been talking about that since that game, that that would end up coming back to haunt them. Oh, Buck, you like roller coasters? I do like roller coasters. Okay, I'm going to take you on a, on a roller coaster. The name of this roller coaster is the Jay Cutler roller coaster. <laughs> so let me let's just go back a few games here. Now tell me, a roller coaster has you know you got some dips, you got some spins, you got some highs, some lows. You, the the best roller coasters are the ones where you don't know what's coming next. So let me just give you Jay Cutler over the last few weeks here. How about against the Panthers? Uh, two touchdowns and a pick. Okay, all right. Mm. Next week against Tampa, one touchdown, three picks. Ooh, not good. Then he comes back against Denver, two touchdowns, two picks. Okay, so kind of an average game. Then all of a sudden, New England, three touchdowns, no picks, plays out of his mind. They beat the Patriots. Come back against the Bills the next week, no touchdowns, three picks. I mean, you it is a wild roller coaster when you have Jay Cutler as your quarterback. Oh, it is, because I will say this. Um, I don't know if he has a high regard for the ball and ball security. <laughs> you and when you don't have a high regard for the ball um, – you kind of loosey-goosey, and you have a lot of turnovers. As we've done and did the studies, when you turn the ball over, you typically lose games, and it depends on the margin. And so for Jay Cutler, he has always been a high-volume turnover producer and or, or giveaway giver, however you want to tag it. He gives the ball away. And so until he's able to take care of the ball and eliminate some of the miscues and turnovers, they're always going to struggle with him at the helm. Yeah, it's a it's a it's an interesting way to live, that's for sure. All right, uh, let's move on now to the next one. We got the Dallas Cowboys in. If the uh, if the game of the year was New England Pittsburgh, this was the oddest game of the year. The way this Cowboys Raiders game came down in the fourth quarter, and uh, man, well, how about this? Let's let's just just get a little listen here to the end of this one. Avoids the sack. 
and he's going to try to run it in. Oh, and he's did he lose the ball? Yeah, did he lose the ball? Does it go out of the end zone? Does he lose the ball? The Cowboys are signaling for a touchback. This could be a touchback. The runner fumbled forward through the end zone and out of the end zone. Touchback. The ruling on the field is a touchback. Wow. I mean, look, I've heard a lot of people rail on this rule. They hate it. You know, you're, 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 uh, you're getting penalized for effort trying to get the ball in the end zone. I, I, to me, Bucky, this, is, this isn't some mystery. I mean, everybody knows this rule. You have to be smarter than that at the quarterback position. You can't take that risk and lunge for the pylon in that scenario if you can't get there. Fumble the ball. They're in, they're in position. At least kick the field goal here. You're going to have a couple pops at the end zone. Instead, that's the way it ends. And that wasn't even the most bizarre play of the game. Yeah, no. I mean, just just unbelievable. Have you just ever un- seen a card? I've never ever seen, seen a card. I've never seen an out. index card used to determine a first down or not. It's kind of ridiculous at at this time, at this stage <laughs> of the league. We're resorting to cards. There should be better ways. Reminds me of one of our my old football coaches used to pull out like sticks and break them in half and do kind of the same thing, like just crazy stuff like that. Just like I don't know, it's wacky. I wouldn't expect to see it on the NFL level. Just Weirdness. Weirdness. I still don't understand why we just don't have lasers, right? I mean, can't we just you do lasers? You have chips in the footballs, right? Yeah. So why don't you just use those and lasers? I don't know. Yeah, one of the ATN guys, I know we shall not speak about that podcast, but mm-hmm. they were bringing it up before, while, while this was going on, I was getting prepped for the for the podcast, and they were like, why, why, are we, why are we having dudes holding chains out there and it's 2017? You have, yeah. you have chips in the balls. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. One of the world's great yeah, questions. It was a very, very bizarre game. But nonetheless, we talked about the Cowboys just trying to survive without Zeke Elliott. I believe we ended up going 3-3 three and three in those six games, Buck. Uh, they are very much alive, and we've talked about them and the Packers being dangerous teams if they were to get in the postseason because you get Rodgers back, because you get Elliott back. Well, the Packers could not deliver uh, with Aaron Rodgers coming back. We'll see next week against the Seahawks what the Cowboys can do. And then it sets up to be pretty interesting. If you look at the schedule, last game of the year, they're at Philadelphia if Philadelphia, I think if Philadelphia wins next week or the Vikings lose, either one, then Philly would clinch home field advantage throughout. So they would be resting there against the the, uh, the Cowboys in the last game of the year. But for some reason, the Philly loses next week and then the Cowboys win. Philly has to play and then that could determine whether or not the Cowboys get in or not. So the Cowboys, hey, they did what they had to do. It was a bizarre game. Uh, they overcame some turnovers from Dak Prescott, but they got it done. And now you get Zeke Elliott back, who, by the way, did you see the pick? Bunch. Oh, is, uh, he's look, in good shape. Look, like he was in good shape. Looked a lot different in the way that he departed. So if you get Zeke <laughs> Elliott, who's back and in shape and being able to command double teams and dominate on the ground, I think this offense will see a noticeable increase I think, in I think their the production. Seahawks are done. I think you're going to see another like going on the road to play Zeke. They, they just gave up a bunch of yards to, to Gurley. Yeah, Zeke, Zeke's yeah gonna, that's Zeke's a, I don't know what you get from the Seahawks, although they need to get healthy. I mean, yeah. they're just too beat up right now. Right, right. All right, yeah. Buck, bring us home. Bring us home before Sully starts crying about his sea chickens losing again. Bring us home, <laughs> point number 10. The Ravens' blue-collar approach keeps delivering dubs. Deshaun Kaiser stands in the end zone in the shotgun. Takes the snap, looks to his right, pumps once, hit from behind. Ball is loose in the end zone. It's recovered. It's going to be either a safety or a touchdown. Touchdown, Ravens! And the defense takes care of it as Brandon Williams comes up with a touchdown. All right. I like what the Baltimore Ravens are doing. They're a little more old school in their tradition, but they're playing really good on defense, attacking, creating turnovers, getting sacks, um, knocking big bodies around. 
and they're playing efficiently on offense. And it's not always sexy. It's not always flash, but Joe Flacco just kind of continues to put in his ordinary day's work. I'm looking here, 26 of 42, 288 yards. He has a touchdown, took care of the ball, got the ball out to the playmakers. They moved the ball down the field. Special teams always delivers. When I look for teams that could be dark horse contenders or sleepers that come out of the coffin, the Baltimore Ravens, blue collar, work ethic, toughness, physicality, they deserve to be in that conversation. Well, they're going to end up – they're going to win their last two games. They're going to end up winning six of their last seven games, and I think they're going to get into the postseason uh, when you look at it. I mean, it hasn't necessarily been a murderer's row when <laughs> you look at their wins here. Uh, after losing to the Titans, they they beat the Packers 23 to nothing, which is, I believe, with Brett Hundley. Uh, the comeback, they beat the Texans without Deshaun Watson. Uh, then they beat the Lions 44-20. That was a good win for them. Uh, lose a heartbreaker to the Steelers 39-38. Bounce back against a terrible Browns team. They get a terrible Colts team next, and they get a Bengals team that's packed it in to finish it off. So they're gonna they're gonna win their last two games, and I believe they are gonna get in. Are they capable of doing any damage once they get there? Uh, I think it all depends on matchups because offensively, I don't know who you who scares you. None of their running backs, their wide receivers, they don't have anybody that's really anything more than a chain mover. I, yeah, I think it'll be a short stint. I don't think they want to see the Jags after seeing them earlier this year. What was that? It was that in London, forty-four to seven. Yeah, that was uh, a London that game. Was, that was a beat yeah, down. Oof. That was a beat down. I don't know if they want to go down that road again. Uh, but again, hey, hats off to the Ravens. They were in a bad spot, and they they were going to finish up strong, and I think they are going to sneak into the postseason. So had to get it done against the Browns. They got it done in this one. All right, Buck, let's get out of here. We've got uh, we've got a lot of good stuff coming this week. We've got the podcast coming on Tuesday where we talk a little bit about some college stuff, a big week of bowl games coming up. Big week. Uh, and then we'll, what was that, Sully? No, that was me. That was big week. Big, big week. week. Of bowl oh. Games. It, oh, yeah. We're Las Vegas Bowl was pretty fun, too. That was a pretty good one on Saturday. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit. We'll talk about Royce Freeman sitting that one out and what our thoughts are on that. So a lot of stuff to get to. We'll get that on Tuesday. We've got the video show as well as uh, uh, another audio show coming on Thursday. So lots of Move the Sticks goodies coming your way. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. Uh, Appreciate you guys leaving some comments, too. Those help on iTunes. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.